If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things, right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. I get it, Isaiah. You talk about Bitcoin all the time. Well, as I go out and about, I continually hear the demand for any more Bitcoin education, or I don't really understand. I hear you talking about it. I know you're passionate about it. I know you have a lot of conviction, but I need more info. And that's where Bitcoin for Vet Med really came from, was taking, hey, the 10,000, 100,000 hours of time that I've spent and distill it down into bite-sized courses and walking you through of getting a foundational why, a little bit of understanding the technical side of Bitcoin, and then how to grapple with the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and just the things that you hear throughout the media and giving you the ability to up your Bitcoin knowledge to go from zero to hero and feel a lot more comfortable saying, okay, this is something that matters and I want to take some of the value that I create and save into Bitcoin. So head over to bitcoinforvetmed.com or click the link in the show notes. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 179 with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first. But 
I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote. Your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay. So link in the show notes is going to take you to offer first. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to offer first directly. And offer first is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. All right. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Julie South. And Julie's focus is on helping veterinary professionals enjoy going to work on Monday mornings. And I love that idea and concept. And so we've been able to chat and connect and excited about recording today. She's co-founded a new-ish kind of a project, which is called vetclinicjobs.com. And it's a global platform that helps vet clinics shine online and promote basically what they're doing and who the ideal fit is. Uh, she also hosts a podcast called Paws, Claws, Wet Noses. Julie, thank you for joining me. Lovely to be here. And can I just say that Paws, Claws, Wet Noses had a bit of a rebrand. So it's now known as the Vet Staff Podcast. Perfect. Got it. All right. Too so much looking, of a mouthful. Too much of a mouthful. Yeah. Well, and I fully own that if I was to rename this podcast, I would not name it <laughs> what I did. So I feel that I would definitely adjust the way that I named a podcast. But you might be the most distant or remote guest I've ever had in the show. So you're in New Zealand. And I know you're like, good morning. I'm like, it's afternoon. And so we, <laughs> it's been fun trying to figure out time zones. But everyone tells, you kind of hear in the States like how amazing New Zealand is. Is that true since you're there, right? Is New Zealand this wonderful place that, that everyone should visit? I believe so. I consider myself blessed. I'm actually British by birth. And I am super pleased that my parents decided to immigrate to New Zealand when they did so that I can now call and I sound Kiwi. My accent is definitely Kiwi. It's paradise. It's a lovely place to live. And yes, we are at the bottom of the world. So Isaiah, I can tell you that on this Wednesday morning, you are looking forward to a sunny day because it's a great day here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love being able to chat because you can kind of predict the future of what it's going to look like on Wednesday. I'm still here in Tuesday afternoon mode on the Eastern time zone here in the U.S. Well, I guess for those that probably don't know, and some might know you, right, through some of the work that you've done, how did you get involved in veterinary medicine? And let's kind of walk through that journey, and then we'll kind of jump into some of the stuff you're doing today. I am not a veterinarian. I'm not a vet nurse. I have been a pet owner. When I first started with Vet Staff, which is New Zealand's only specialist recruitment agency for the vet sector here at the bottom of the world, 
I spoke veterinary with a heavy accent. I I learnt fast. And what I discovered was that it's different to regular recruitment, which I had to learn everything from scratch, which was great. I got into recruitment, I think like most recruiters that I've ever spoken with, which is by chance, and the stars just are lined up. They lined up perfectly. I started with vet staff just before the pandemic, well, late 2019, just before the pandemic hit New Zealand and the country, our country especially, pulled up the drawbridge and we were isolated. I was just starting to get my feet under the table and learn what I was doing. And then that happened and it changed the world. But getting into veterinary medicine is exciting that people I work with are absolutely amazing. They are passionate, so passionate about advocating for the four-legged heartbeats that come through their door that don't have a voice of their own. And that's the exciting thing. It's about helping people get excited about going to work on Monday mornings. That's, that's what myself and my team get up for each day. And so when you kind of outline and look at New Zealand, an interesting story, and I don't know if she'll listen or not, but she will definitely know it's her if she listens to this. No one else will know who I'm talking about. But there's a veterinarian back in the days when I was a financial planner and advisor that she was here in the States, but looked at going to New Zealand because for her family, she felt like it was the ideal fit for a lot of different reasons. And I was just curious the way that you've seen veterinary medicine in New Zealand, right? Is it mainly folks that born and raised? Are they moving there from other parts of the world to come be a veterinarian? What does that look like? In New Zealand, we have a shortage of veterinarians, both veterinary doctors and the allied veterinary professionals, the vet nurses and the technicians that support them. I think it's somewhere between 25% and 30% of veterinarians actually registered and practicing and working in New Zealand are actually from overseas. So we don't produce enough veterinarians in New Zealand. We have one university, Massey University, which is New Zealand is very innovatively has two islands and we're known as the North Island and the South Island. Really easy to remember. And our university is in the southern part of the North Island. One university only to train veterinarians. When veterinarians come to New Zealand, sometimes it's a little different depending on, especially for large animal vets who most of our farming here, our production animals are on grass. They're pastoral. So that is a little different to get used to. And then there's the meds and a little bit of legislation. But most of the time, overseas vets coming to New Zealand fit in very, very well. And we welcome them with open arms. If you're listening, we'd love to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know there's going to be differences culturally and going anywhere. And obviously there's massive changes in just the way, and we talked about this even before, the way pay is even done and just kind of what that looks like. But I don't necessarily want to focus too much on that. If we get time later on, we might come there. But what do you think as you've worked in this space and gotten your feet under you and had these conversations, what do you feel like is most underrated when it comes to recruiting, especially within veterinary medicine? What is the piece that someone that hasn't done it or 
veterinarians themselves might not really appreciate. I heard a statistic recently, and I'm going to have this gentleman who's an equine veterinarian on my podcast as well. Part of his master's research was why are, I don't know what it's like in your part of the world, but in New Zealand, approximately 75% of kids going into university are female. And I asked him, I was at a conference recently and he was sitting on my right. So I asked him, why are young men, boys, not going to university? And he said, you know, how long have you got? <laughs> I've got lots. So he then he sent me this book of his master's research, which I'm reading through now. And he said that as far as he could determine, the biggest factor was that most of the vets that he spoke with as part of his research didn't recommend veterinary medicine as a career choice. And I think that is so, so sad. I think that, and this is what the Vet Stuff podcast is all about, it's it's let's shine a light on what is so fantastic and so amazing to be a vet. They make such a difference. They go to work and they save lives sometimes every single day. I get that it's a hard job, but it's also an amazing job. And I would love to spread the word about how wonderful it is, especially when you're working for a good employer. And that's where we come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think there's similar similar dynamics playing out in the United States and, and elsewhere where you'll hear people say like, oh, I wouldn't recommend my niece or my nephew to come into this space or my kids. But then there's the almost opposite of other folks that are like some super passionate about why vet med is so great and why they're fired up about this being a fantastic profession. I struggle a little bit because it's like I've not worked in that role, but as an outsider, similar, right? I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not trained. Looking at the opportunity, the people, what you get to do, it's meaningful work. It can be a huge benefit to a local community. There's all these positives that I would absolutely encourage someone, like if one of my boys wanted to go be a veterinarian, I would be ecstatic. I think it's an awesome opportunity. And there are ways to make it viable from a financial perspective as well. Because I think that's where so many people get hung up. They're like, well, I spend X amount on the cost at university. How do I ever recoup that? What's my you know, ROI? Is this really the best thing I can be doing? And I do think that you can make a really, really good case for the skill set within veterinary medicine, even if you don't work in that space clinically forever, which a lot of people don't, the skill set and what you learn prepares you for lots of other things. And it's hard to see that sometimes when you're in it, but when you can expand a little bit and see these other opportunities, there's a lot of overlap of the skills that a veterinarian learns that can be applicable with lots of other roles. So I'm with you as far as getting things out. But you did share right before we clicked record, you had a really interesting report that you all have done for job seekers. Because I hear a lot of times if I'm a practice owner, yeah, that med's great, but we have the shortage or we struggle to recruit or having a hard time knowing what do these new grads or what do these job seekers want? You did a report on that. I would love to hear kind of what the report looked at, who was surveyed, and then what were some of the results that stuck out to you? 
Thank you for asking. We started the research, I think it was about June of this year. It was global research and we did it in association. I make sure I get the names correct here. The report is prepared by Associate Professor Laura Harvey and Associate Professor Dr. Christy Cameron. And they are from the Environmental and Animal Sciences Department of Unitech, which is a university in Auckland, New Zealand. It was a global research survey. The results, I just got them last night in time for this morning, which was really exciting. And what I wanted to know was, as a recruiter, what was important to veterinary professionals when they saw a job advertisement? What made them click on some advertisements and skim past the others? Now, as a marketer, I knew that the headline or the title of the job would be important because our eyes are focused and primed to look for certain things. So that is a given. I kind of knew that that would be most important. The other thing that came through after that is what's most important to veterinary professionals to apply for a job is the salary. They want to know what the salary band is. And when I'm talking about that with clinics here in New Zealand, it's like, please let us put the dollars on your advertisement. Oh, no, that's not how we do it. It all depends on whether somebody is, it all depends on their qualifications. Well, yeah, of course it depends on their qualifications. It all depends on their experience. Yes, of course it depends on their experience. But put a salary band because that's, what it means. It's subject to experience and any postgrad qualifications they've got. Now, the research came in. It was a global one, tried really hard to get some respondents from the US. The US, unfortunately, was not one of our responding countries, but we did get responses from eight countries, of which New Zealand was the largest by far, but eight countries. So, From that, what was important was the remuneration, or as you know, compensation. We call it remuneration here, but compensation. So the salary and the benefits, put that right at the top of the job advertisement. Because if it doesn't pay what somebody needs to live on, it's all fine and well saying, well, you know, we can't afford that. Well, then I'm sorry, somebody can't afford to work at your clinic because they've got mortgages and they've got rent to pay and they've got to get to and from work. The other surprise was that almost, well, actually over 50% of respondents said that they preferred to work for owner-operated clinics, so private clinics as opposed to corporates. That came through loud and clear. And then another surprise for me was that, and I know it's important, but I didn't realize that it would be rated so highly, was that those clinics who are fear-free and who are ISFM cat-friendly clinics, they were really attractive to job seekers, to potential job seekers. What also came through as a surprise as well was that out of our respondents, 40% for zero were currently looking for another job. That's huge. If you've got a clinic of 10 people in New Zealand, actually don't know what the average size of a vet clinic is, but 10 people, 
that's about okay. You can imagine a clinic with 10 people. Unless you're a good employer, four of those are looking for another job. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. And likely a little unsettling for those that are the owner-operator clinics, right? Because if you lose that percentage of your team, and sometimes when one person leaves, it almost is a cascading effect, right? There might be one person that's helping keep some other people there just because of great personal relationships and the way that they're able to work together. And then if Julie goes, maybe Isaiah is going to follow, right? And that can be a really difficult time frame. I want to go back to one of the pieces that you mentioned on there, which I get, it makes total sense. It's not necessarily a shocker, but it's the salary, the compensation. The idea of not wanting to share what you pay is mind boggling to me. You know that there's a value for that role. And I've had some other folks on the podcast that have talked about this. As an employer, you know, hey, this role is worth X to me. This is what it can bring. If this veterinarian comes in, if this vet nurse or tech comes in and they're able to do this role, it brings a certain amount of revenue back to the business. So I know I can pay X, right? Most people probably have a really good idea of what they can pay. And it almost feels like if I don't list it, I can try to pay less. Do you think that's the thought process is like, if I don't list it, I can maybe get someone to pay less or what? I'm not sure whether it might be that or whether it might be, if I declare this, then the clinic down the road knows what I'm paying. And people know <laughs> yeah, to a degree. Well, I don't know because at vet staff, when we work with clinics and we work with job seekers, we interview clinics exactly the same way as we interview job seekers. And if we don't like a clinic, we won't work with them. Therefore, the clinics that we do work with are the good clinics. They are the good employers. So historically, and usually they come to us as a last resort because sadly, recruitment is regarded as, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil, a bit, a bit like insurance. But a lot of New Zealand and Australian clinics as well, we have this DIY psyche. We are so far from everything else in the world that we need to learn how to do things ourselves. And that includes recruitment. So clinics will come to us as a last resort. They've tried everything themselves and they've got one more week until that vet that resigned three months ago walks out the door. Hey, Julie, can you help us get, we need another vet. When it gets to that point, it's kind of desperation mode. But the clinics that we do work with that historically, because they always do what they've always done and they've never advertised and posted their remuneration, their salary bands, when we explain to them that this is actually a good idea, they trust us and they do actually do that. Now, the clinics, we don't work with all the clinics in New Zealand and not all of the clinics do that, but the ones that we do work with trust us and it's like, yes, this is what job seekers want. Well, it's helpful now to basically be able to go to them and say, we have some backing. That's we have why I wanted the research. what we were already telling you, but yeah, of course. Yeah, right? and there's two associate professors behind this. <laughs> if you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course, that's what makes veterinarians special. You're mission driven. 
My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable, online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best. Yeah. We aren't just, you know, pulling this out of thin air. We aren't making it up. This is something that we're being told is desirable and wanted. I was going to ask, what are the characteristics or what are the things when you go through and talk about the clinics we like versus not necessarily like, what's that likability factor? If you had to kind of put your thumb on it, which I know is really hard because there's going to be a little bit of an art and a science, but how would you answer that if someone asked like, What's a clinic that you like? What do they do? What do they offer? Yeah, a clinic that we enjoy working with are those clinics that give us carte blanche permission to go and talk to their team and to ask them any questions we want to ask about what it's like working in that team. And we do that. I have an employer branding recruitment marketing program where I will go in and with my video camera my recording gear, and the clinics have given me permission to get employee testimonials so that then we can then use them in our marketing, our recruitment marketing for that clinic. So to answer your question, it's those that let us talk to their team about what it's really like behind closed doors. Yeah. Are there any questions or things that you'd like to get into with the team in those kind of closed door sessions as you get to know each other that you've feel like have really stuck out that would be helpful for a current owner operator or veterinarian that owns a hospital that they should be thinking about how they talk to their team or understanding those key dynamics? Exactly. Yes. And there is. And that is why we also created, my husband and I invented, designed, built vet clinic jobs so that those clinics that don't want to use a recruiter can take advantage of our skills and DIY, do this themselves on that platform. And the type of questions that I ask is, what sort of person would best fit in this team? And let them answer that. The other type of question that I ask is, what sort of person wouldn't fit in with this team? And when you're asking 5, 10, 15 people those same questions, you start to get an idea of what the culture is like, what management is like. For example, one clinic that we worked with recently is I asked the vet, you know, what sort of, they were looking for a vet, what sort of vet would fit best in this clinic? And the answer came through over and over and over again is a vet who respects their nurses' skills and lets the nurses get involved. So it's not a vet who who hangs on to everything themselves and only I can do this when actually the nurses and the, the allied veterinary professionals that are supporting them actually can legally do that as well. Yeah, love that. You've talked about two different things. So you talked about the vet clinic jobs, you talked about the recruiting role. Can you kind of give a lay of the land for listeners of kind of the two things that you have going on there? Because I know the vet 
clinic jobs is global and that's a little bit outside of New Zealand. And I would assume the recruiting is more localized in your neck of the woods or your part of the world. And yes. Just, I think, kind of an overview there would be helpful. Sure. So vetstaff.co.nz, we recruit only for New Zealand veterinary clinics. Other countries have asked us to, can we set up vet staff in other countries because they like how we do it. But right now we only work in New Zealand for New Zealand clinics. Out of that, we saw that, like I said, that there were many clinics that didn't want to use the a recruiter, didn't want to pay our fees because they want to DIY, want to do it themselves. And that's fine. Okay. So use our skills. And how you can do that is on vet clinic jobs.com. And vetclinicjobs.com is a combination of a really sophisticated vet clinic business directory or hospitals combined with a sophisticated job board. And what it does is it's free to list any clinic, any hospital can go and list their vacancies there for free. If they want to shine online a bit more, then for a really reasonable fee, we believe, they can talk a little bit more about their clinic. So for example, if they fear free accredited, they can tick that as having been accredited and job seekers can search for fear free accredited clinics, hospitals. That's the difference. It's vetclinicjobs.com is for those clinics that want to DIY, do it themselves, their own recruiting. And vetstaff.co.nz is for Kiwi clinics, New Zealand clinics, and for overseas vets who want to work in New Zealand. So if somebody is listening to this and thinking, I want to go work in God's own, that's what we're known as, God's own, Aotearoa, God's own New Zealand, then please come to vetstaff.co.nz and we will help you find those good clinics. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. What's a learning lesson or something that surprised you as you built out kind of the vet clinic jobs site process flow? Is there anything that you learned from that that was surprising? Before I started with vet stuff, I come from a digital marketing web development background. So I had an idea what it was like building a website. I did not want to build this one myself. And I have all these ideas. So for me, it was reining them in on just getting the minimum viable product, which is currently what vetclinicjobs.com is, and just getting it out to the market as fast as possible. And right now we're talking with our web developer for upgrades, for new tweaks, new offerings, which is exciting. So the, the biggest learning was being on the side of the customer and yes, everything costs more, takes longer, rein it in, Julie, because I'm an ideas person. No, you can't have that. Right at the beginning, you told us that we could tell you to pull your head in and no, you can't have this. This is one of those times. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, trying to be focused at making sure that you can deliver something that's valuable, but maybe not all the bells and whistles right at the beginning and kind of grow into it over time is... If I had a huge bottomless checkbook, yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. What haven't I asked about, whether it's in regards to recruiting, whether it's in regards to veterinary medicine or kind of your journey that you think would be extremely helpful for folks that are listening 
to understand better? I would say that given that the majority of your market, your listeners are probably resident in the US, that we would love to have you work in New Zealand. However, our pay is nowhere near what you're used to. So if bringing your children up where they can still play tennis in the middle of the road, if you can feel comfortable going to a supermarket knowing that there's not going to be any holdups or your kids are safe at school, you want to get out there and go skiing or tramping, hiking, water skiing, swimming, the great outdoors, horseback riding, New Zealand could be for you. But if you are coming here to earn lots of money, then New Zealand isn't the place. Unfortunately, our salary bands aren't anywhere near what veterinarians are used to working or earning in the States and Canada. But if the other thing, you know, if you're at the point in your life where you can afford not to earn high, high dollars, then yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And to give you an example of what I'm talking about, a five-year vet, a small animal vet, would probably be in the region of around 140000 New Zealand dollars. So I guess you almost halve that for American or double that. So less than 300 k That's the right way around, isn't it? Yeah, if it was 140 in Kiwi, it'd probably be closer to 85 or 90. Okay, right, other way like, around Harvest. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even think your new grads are coming out earning that. Yeah. Yeah, for a new grad. And I think that's going to be, I think ultimately that's a challenge. And I've just had a podcast fairly recently with Dr. Cody Creelman. He feels like there's this amount of a veterinary oversupply, which is really interesting. And I know that is, flies in the face of like everything that everyone talks about. But one of the challenges is he talks about how he feels like what relief vets or what some of the incomes are going to normalize or come down. And so some of that's been overstated just with as people are trying to, I think, attract and recruit some of the signing bonuses, some of the different things that are happening here stateside are pretty wild that I think are starting to slow down a little bit. And Maybe it does normalize a little bit where, you know, that that gets a little bit closer because, yeah, it does feel like it's a big hurdle for someone to step away from the money they can make here to move. But again, it's a lifestyle choice, too. And for those that do have a lot of debt, so they come out with student loan debt, it's going to be tricky to be able to say, can I actually make that work? And so it has to be the right situation. And yeah, but I appreciate you sharing the difference because I think that was going to be my follow up question is, all right, can we get an example of kind of what the difference is? It is material for sure. And I will say that we had a new grad, come a, a mixed animal, so a large animal and small animal, come out from the US. This was his first veterinary job. He started in the new year, new year gone, 2023, from Washington State. He graduated from, he loves it, absolutely loves it here. He knew that he could earn more in the States. He knew that life would be different, but he wanted to get out there into the great outdoors. He wanted to go hunting. He wanted to go tramping. He wanted to breathe clean air. And he's got that. And he just loves the clinic that he's in. You just reminded me, or I just had this thought come in. You asked me one of the surprises that I had when I came into veterinary medicine. And what you just said just now about oversupply of veterinarians. 
I do believe that we have a shortage. But I also wonder, we don't so much have a shortage as much as we think of veterinarians versus a shortage of really good employers. I wonder whether more if more if when more employers really valued and looked after their staff. And I don't mean pandered to them. They respected them. They didn't mollycoddle them, but they respected them. I wonder whether if there were more really good employers that could shine online because they deserved to shine online, that it would raise the bar of those employers that burn through staff. That came as a surprise because I came into the sector thinking, you know, there's a shortage of vets. Yes, there is a shortage of vets. And then I discovered that there's also a shortage of really good employers as well. Yeah, I totally endorse that. I think there's so much truth behind that. And that is universal, both what you're seeing in New Zealand and here in the States. So, yep, same in Canada. It is definitely that way. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why Vet Clinic Jobs was invented. It's like, let's help these employers that do deserve to shine online to do that so that job seekers can find them. Yeah, amen to that. So I typically let guests ask me a question because I know I've kind of peppered you with questions for quite a while and asked different things. Is there any question that you want to pose back to me as we kind of wrap up? It can be serious. It can be completely off the wall. It can be fun. I've had, I've been asked lots of different things and it, it usually sparks some interesting conversation. So anything top of mind? Because I'm sort of a Kiwi, I'd like to ask you, what do you actually know about New Zealand? What's the impression in America of New Zealand, do you think? According to Isaiah, life according to Isaiah. Yeah. So the New Zealand overview, according to me, is airplane tickets there are expensive, right? So it's I'm going to spend probably two grand to get there from where I'm at. That's a hefty price. I've heard that New Zealand is not overly welcoming for people that are wanting to move there. I don't know how true that is. They want to protect some different things, which I don't necessarily think is a horrible thing. But I've heard that outsiders, sometimes they're not super warm. If you were to move there and be like, hey, I'm from Indiana. I'm so happy to be here. And they'd be like, maybe you should not be here. I've been a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I read those books a long time ago. I know they were all shot there. You think about Lord of the Rings and being shot in New Zealand. That is funny, but that is one thing that I associate with New Zealand. And then the other thing, and we chat on this when we first connected, is just the amount of geographic, unique opportunities there where you can be in the mountains, down in the ocean, in the beach, can be snow, like you just have such a breadth of variety, but it's also very close. It's not like in the States where everything is very, very spread out and very hard to get to at times. Not as hard to get to, just it takes time. It's hours and hours where you can be around places pretty quickly. That's kind of my take of New Zealand. It's always been on my list that I wanted to go. It's just one of those things where, yeah, it's hard to prioritize that when there's so many places in the world that you want to see. How do you pick, right? And I think that's really where I come to it. But it is one place that I do want to visit because it does look immensely beautiful. I will say that I'm sad to hear that the word on the street is that we're not as welcoming as we can be. That's sad. Do you think that's true? Or do you think that is just someone saying that to, to keep people away? <laughs> I don't know how true that is. I think it depends on anybody's attitude. 
I mean, if people are coming to New Zealand to show us colonials how it's done, then that is not going to go down well in any country. So I think it depends Absolutely. on attitude. Yeah. So if you embrace the culture, right? If you want to come somewhere and embrace the culture and say, I want what you have to provide because I think it's valuable, I would imagine embrace. If you're coming to say, hey, I just learned about New Zealand. I want to change it and make it the way that where I'm from, they're going to be like, whoa, buddy, chill, Isaiah. I don't really want that. We're happy the way it is. We think what we've created here is pretty beautiful and pretty great. Maybe that's part of it. Because I think the joke that I'll use here in the United States is people are leaving California in droves and coming to Texas and other states. But a lot of people are coming from California and then wanting things that they did in California in these other states. And again, states are a little different with the way that they're designed. And obviously there's a federal state system. And it's like, well, if you just destroyed California and made it a absolute pigsty to live in, don't come to another state and then want to do the same stuff and destroy another state. So I imagine it's probably similar to that. Exactly, yeah. I will say that we don't have things that bite. We don't have snakes. We're a safe country. Not like Australia. No, not like Australia. We have no snakes. We have no poisonous spiders per se. We do have one that has a bit of a kick to it, but it's not lethal. So no snakes, no spiders, no wild animals, no big cats or bears roaming the countryside. Yeah, we're a safe country. Yeah, because I feel like everything in Australia is trying to kill you. That's like the joke that I will hear all the time. It's like, you get in the water, you got sharks. We've got you're sharks. The, you're We've on got the sharks. land. It's like, yeah, you're going to, I was like, you got you to have sharks since the ocean. But it's like, you're going to have snakes and spiders that are all going to kill you. And it's like so many of the deadliest things, Australia, Australia, Australia. Yeah, not ideal for that. But it's wild how different New Zealand is from that. And I do think I remember hearing that there's no snakes there. Back in the day, my husband's an airline pilot, and back in the day when he was clocking up hours, he was doing a lot of scenic flying around Lake Taupo, which is New Zealand's largest lake. It's a beautiful, it's 150 kilometers or 153 kilometers around. Lake Taupo is so big for New Zealand, the curvature of the earth, you cannot stand on one shore and see the other because it's curved. And he was doing scenic flying, clocking up hours, and he had a flight load of, and this happened more than once, but this particular time was German tourists. And they were saying to him, what's wrong with your lake? And he was like, what do you mean? What's wrong with the lake? He said, well, and they were saying, there's nobody on the beaches. And actually there were, (laughs) it was busy, but because You don't have to sit cheek by chow with somebody else on our beach. It looked to them like there was something wrong with our beaches because there was nobody on them. And that's what it's like. It will be rare to go and get crowded out. It's happening a little bit more, but our crowds compared to your crowds, they're not crowds. And that's a feature. That's not a bug. That's not a bad thing. That's actually wonderful. So in closing, people in the States... They need to check out vetclinicjobs.com if they want to post kind of about what their job needs are from that standpoint. If someone's looking to move to New Zealand, uh, they definitely need to reach out to you yes, from that standpoint. And I will include a bunch of different links and stuff. But is there a best way to connect with you that you would send people to learn more about either kind of the vet clinic jobs or the recruiting If they go to vetclinicjobs.com, then they can check everything out there. If they want to talk with me 
about working in New Zealand and Julie at vetstaff.co.nz. Also, if there are clinic owners or HI managers or practice managers that are interested in the research, I'm happy to share if they email me, julie at vetstaff.co.nz, I'm happy to share that data. And we're going to be start putting that out on our socials as well and during what's come through to help support clinics up their game so that they can start shining online and putting remuneration at the top of their job advertisements because that's what people want. Yeah, absolutely. The job can be a perfect job, but if I can't make ends meet, then at the end of the day, I'm never going to be able to say yes. So you got to get that out of the way and it helps save time for all parties involved. Julie, thank you so much for spending some time on this Wednesday morning. Oh, thank you. And it's a pleasure to chat with you and appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment tax or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. However, you are intelligent enough to make decisions for yourself. So I do encourage you to dig in, learn for yourself and not just outsource every decision that you make. You should talk to your professional team if you have one before implementing anything that I talk about, but also make sure they know what they're talking about. Push them, question them. That's healthy. That's okay. Oh yeah. And you probably own and learn a little bit about that Bitcoin thing. The biggest compliment you can give to me is to share the show with a friend or the podcast if there's another episode that you really like. That helps folks find it. That helps it grow. Um, reviews are critical. The Apple Podcast is the platform that's predominantly used for how people find the show. So if you have three minutes, love the show, please head over, give us five stars if you believe that's what we earned. That would help more people find the show. Also, if you're new, go to YouTube. It's a channel. Uh, putting up all the videos there as well. Sometimes it's going to be more interactive. Other times it's just going to be the conversation. So vainly, I want to get 100 subscribers so I get the vanity URL. That's the goal. We're on our way, but not quite there yet. For all of today's links information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can also subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss any episodes in the future. And finally, if you'd like more information, insights, or have the ability to, for your voice to be heard, join the Facebook group. You can search for the Veterinarian Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom, about your host, click on the Facebook icon. And thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. All right. So there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends, Monday to Friday, eight to five, no on-call or emergencies. It's appointment only here. Currently a two and a half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. The new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes in the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSal is the pay structure. Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-1857. Join a thriving, growing, small animal practice in Vermont on the Quebec border. Full-time ideal, part-time is considered. The idea is to start with yes with the team, patients and clients in outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high-quality medicine. Compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities. Literally, it is the owner wants to find the right person and is happy to negotiate, chat through, and find the right fit. If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos? Who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment while providing quality patient care. 
They utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available to practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time on paperwork, which is great. Lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you full-time or part-time available. Small animal and exotics are both seen there. So no ER, no on-call, no weekends, competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered and far too many benefits to list. Go to Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. So type that in and you'll find the job posting there. Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital, personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five doctor mixed animal practice in Northern New York, which is an outdoors person's paradise. Again, two of those. So if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. They have plenty of support staff with six CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant, a practice manager, and a bookkeeper. Focuses on mentorship and investment on the people and the technology. That's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on-call, a 24-hour ER less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than 95000 can be straight salary, pro-sal considered. Want to discuss that with the right person. Tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to watertownpetcare.com for that option as well. So again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So please reach out. Let me know what you're able to do. And I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know. And we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, we'll talk soon.